All right, hey guys, welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. My name is Shane Winnings. Does God create people to be destroyed? That's what we're talking about today. And this is really going to be out of Romans 9. Uh, you know, this is one of those chapters that people might just kind of blaze over because it feels a little uncomfortable. We don't know how to process it. We haven't really studied it. We haven't looked into it. And, you know, if we're being honest, it kind of sounds like, you know, we're, we're lumps of clay. God's the master potter. He can just do whatever he wants. Some people he's going to create to destroy. Others he's going to create to exalt. I don't know which one I am. I hope I'm not the one being destroyed. And all of a sudden, we can have this wrong view of God because we don't understand him and we take things out of context. So I'm going to put context to this. I'm going to put language to this today. And uh, I hope that it helps you. So before we do that, I just want to thank you guys for listening. We have new listeners every episode, so I want to make sure that I am always thanking you and letting you know that we were in the top 1% of all shared podcasts on Spotify last year. I mean, that was insane. Out of every podcast, we're in the top 1%. And all that tells me is all the other accolades we received uh, being in the top 50 and all these other things, almost reaching 100 countries, that's because you shared it. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Please continue to share if it impacts you. And finally, listen, I need to update this actually. We are looking for 94 partners. We did need 100. We just gained one extra one today. We're looking for 94 partners to give a dollar a day or $30 a month. Uh, we're trying to raise funding for the nationwide tour we're doing this year, as well as for a videographer uh, for my organization. So we need about 3000 a month to cover all of that for 2023. And so if you want to be one of our monthly partners, you can just sign up at shanewinnings.com and click the Give button in the top right corner, or send me a DM on Instagram if you're willing. And I want to be able to include you on a monthly Zoom. So someone sent a message today said, hey, I signed up. I want to be on the donor Zoom. I want to help you guys. And so we're getting them on the monthly Zoom. Uh, so I'd love to have you join us. Again, it's a dollar a day, and uh, it's really going to help us impact so many people for the kingdom. So thank you guys as you partner with us. Now let's get into this. We're talking about God creating people to be destroyed. What do you think? What do you actually think? Do you think that God creates people for their destruction? The reason most people skip over Romans 9, and they read it, but like realistically, you know, you don't really know what it means or you're kind of uncomfortable with it. The reason we do that is because we don't like the idea of God creating someone for the purpose of destruction. And the reason we don't like that is because that's not who God is. There's a reason you don't like it. There's a reason it doesn't sit right with you. Because that's not God. Let me just say it clearly. God does not create people to be destroyed. Here's what God does. One, God knows everything. He has foreknowledge, which means he knows what's going to happen before it happens. So someone knowing the future doesn't mean that that person is changing the future. Foreknowledge is not predetermination or predestination, okay? 
Just because God knows the future doesn't mean that he's making things happen. Like, just because God knows that you're going to betray him doesn't mean that he's going to cause you to do it. Does that make sense? Just because God knows that you're going to say yes to him doesn't mean that he makes you get born again. You have free will. You have the ability to choose. And this is all throughout the scriptures. You have the ability to choose. So God doesn't create people to be destroyed, but he does use people to further his kingdom. Now, if you love God and you are a part of his army, then he uses you in one way to further his kingdom. If you hate God and you reject him, he's going to use you in a different way to further his kingdom. And him using you in that way might look like you being raised up for the purpose of your destruction. So we'll talk about Pharaoh. In many cases, when people reject God, he can use them for, to be destroyed in order to further his kingdom. In every single case, the cause is going to be pride, selfishness. Rejection of God, hardening of their own heart. God knows that you're going to do that, and, and, and no matter what, you're going to choose yourself over God. And so what he says is, okay, you're never going to accept me, so I am going to use this for my advantage. I'm going to bless those who love me, and I'm going to give them authority over you, territory over you, whatever over you. You might have authority for a while, but it's not going to last. And in the end, I'm going to have the final word. Look at Pharaoh. Now, before we get into this, people might say, well, yeah, but God hardened Pharaoh's heart. No. Um, maybe that's the word that was used in your translation. This is why it's important to dig into these things. Now, in the beginning, after each time uh, that a plague came, it says that Pharaoh, Pharaoh hardened his heart or Pharaoh's heart was hardened. That was his own doing. Now, near the end here, when it says that God hardened his heart, that original text actually means strengthened or encouraged. God strengthened Pharaoh's heart. God encouraged Pharaoh's heart. What does that mean? That's very different than God coming in and sovereignly hardening the heart of Pharaoh. Because if that's what he did, then God made it impossible for Pharaoh to repent. And it would be sadistic and twisted for God to give Pharaoh a plague in order that he would repent, but then not allow him to do so. It doesn't make any sense. It's backwards. It twists it up. That's not what happened. Pharaoh hardened himself over and over and over again. And there's a there's a verse in the Bible, I believe it's in Hebrews 6, when it talks about being beyond the point of repentance. Now, preach this a bunch. It means that you have hardened yourself so many times to God that you can never repent again because you have chosen to harden yourself. And Romans 1 comes into play where God hands you over to the desires of your flesh, the desires of your heart, he hands you over to your sin. God allows you to do whatever you want. 
He sets you free from worry about him. And you are just, you're hardened in your position. You can do whatever you want. So, Pharaoh hardens his heart a ton of times. Then God strengthens or encourages Pharaoh's heart. What does that mean? God knew that Pharaoh would reject him. So God allowed Pharaoh to rise up in the position that he held for the purpose of using someone like Moses to free the Israelites and defeat the Egyptians. God never hardened Pharaoh's heart. God encouraged Pharaoh's heart, meaning this. God allowed Pharaoh's heart to do what it was already going to do. He encouraged him. It's just like, I'm thinking of this example right now as I'm talking. It's just like if you had a hot stove and you've got a, say you have an eight-year-old. You know, it's a little old, but say they just don't know. And you're like, hey, don't touch that stove. It's hot. Like, you'll burn yourself. And they're like, no, I won't. And you're like, yeah, you will. You're going to burn yourself. Don't touch the stove. And they go, I, it's not going to burn me. I can do it. And you go, listen, do not touch this. It is going to hurt you. I'm telling you. I'm trying to look out for you. Please don't touch the stove. And they go, you're wrong. I don't need to listen to you. That stove is not going to burn me. And so you go, okay, do what you want. You could say that I'm encouraging you to go ahead and do what you already have made it abundantly and explicitly clear what you want to do. So I'm strengthening you. I'm encouraging you in your position by coming in alignment with you and saying, okay, sure, go ahead. And when you do it, you quickly realize that you were wrong. Well, look how hard Pharaoh's heart was. God gave Pharaoh 10 chances to repent. Those 10 plagues were so merciful. We see them as like horrible, but they were mercy because the more intense something becomes, hopefully the, you know, you're like, okay, I hope I have your attention now. I sent this plague. Nope. Okay. I sent a worse plague. Nope. I sent a worse plague. And you're like, come on, just repent, just repent. But Pharaoh would not. His heart grew hard and hard and hard. And so God finally encouraged Pharaoh's heart, basically saying, do what you want to do. You've already made your mind up. And Pharaoh's heart was so hard, even in the end, after his son was killed and he let the Israelites go, what happens? He changed his mind again. Do you see that nothing that, w- that happened to him would have got him to stop pursuing the Israelites, stop doing what he wanted to do, even the death of his son. It brought a momentary, uh, you know, uh, a momentary lapse in this pride where he just said, fine, you guys can be free. But then what happens? That deceitfulness of his heart comes back and he is enraged and he pursues the Israelites, which would what? Lead to his death and the destruction of his army. That is how hard his heart was. God simply encouraged that. Now, did Pharaoh have an opportunity to repent? Of course he did. That was the whole point of the plagues, but he didn't. He hardened his own heart. So did God create Pharaoh? Did God cause Pharaoh to be born in order that he would be destroyed? Absolutely not. It is God's desire that none shall perish. God created Pharaoh with just as much of a chance to follow him as you and I have today. But through his own decisions, his own pride, Pharaoh chose 
to go up against God. And so God allowed the whole story to play out in order that Moses and the Israelites would be set free and that people would see what happens when you come against the living God. Is this making sense? God didn't create Pharaoh in order to destroy him, but God knew that Pharaoh would never give in, and so he allowed this man to rise up in order that God would use it to further his own kingdom. Now let's talk about Judas. I love Arnold Palmer. It's an Arnold Palmer of sweet tea. It's the only way to go, if you ask me. Now we're talking about Judas here. Did God create Judas to be Jesus' betrayer? No. How could he have done that? Why would God create a human being for the purpose of betraying the Son of Man? Listen, Second Peter 3.9, I'll say it again. It is God's desire that none shall perish. None means none, guys. The Lord is not slow in keeping his promise. He bears patiently with you, his desire being that no one should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, slowness, but is patient towards you, not willing for any to perish, but for all, I want you to say all, all to come to what? Repentance. Okay, now let me ask you this. If it is God's desire for all to come to repentance, repentance, and I looked that word up, and I'm not being funny here, that word all, it means the whole, it means every, it means literally all, all humanity. It is God's desire that all humanity would come to repentance. Does it say, except of course, Pharaoh, whom I sovereignly created to not repent so that I could have my story play out? No, it doesn't say that. It says all. Does it say, I am not slow towards you. It's my desire that none shall perish, except, of course, Judas, who have I've sovereignly chosen to betray Jesus Christ because I needed to fulfill a prophetic word and this storyline needed to play out and someone had to fit the part. No. Absolutely not. It is God's desire that none shall perish but there's a second part, and that all would come to repentance, even Pharaoh, even Judas. Now look, if, if, if this is true, and God is not a liar, then how could he create Judas to perish? He didn't. Judas had the ability to follow Jesus. He was invited by Jesus himself to follow him, but his own deceitful heart desired riches, he was stealing. He was stealing from the, the money that the church had, basically. And listen, God knew that this would happen in his infinite wisdom. And he used Judas to be the one who would betray his son. God doesn't desire that anyone would do this, but he allows us to steward our own hearts in our own lives. When we don't follow God, he will use our lives for his glory always. Sometimes God's glory comes at the expense of another person's selfishness and prideful decisions that destroy them. God won't waste a life, even a bad, badly, poorly lived one. He'll use it somehow for his glory. God doesn't orchestrate or facilitate any of this. I want you to hear this. 
God didn't sovereignly orchestrate Judas to betray Jesus. That'd be the same thing as creating him to destroy him. If God sovereignly orchestrated or facilitated Judas to betray Jesus, then he would never have true free will. If he did, he would have been out of line with 2 Peter 3.9. How can none perish and all come to repentance if I've sovereignly chosen someone to betray the Son of Man and eventually kill themselves and go to hell? Listen, if God did that, he'd be a pretty bad father who sets his kids up for failure and then ultimately an eternal separation from him in hell and then in the lake of fire. That's not God. God just knows. God knows what we're going to do, and so he makes his plans. But God doesn't stop. Isn't this amazing, guys, as we wrap this up? Listen, even knowing that Pharaoh would oppose him and even pursue the Israelites, God did not, he, he didn't just kill Pharaoh. Like God, like think about it. If God knew that Pharaoh was going to do what he did, he could have just killed him and set the Israelites free. He could have just sovereignly opened a gate, snuck them all out, and killed Pharaoh in his sleep. Right? I mean, he could have. He knew, if he, he knows what's going to happen if he goes the other way. I'm going to do the plagues. Pharaoh's going to harden his heart, and he's going to end up dying anyways. No, he didn't do that. God is long-suffering. He's patient. He gave Pharaoh chance after chance after chance. Judas was in the presence of the most loving human being that has ever walked the earth. Judas was invited by Jesus to follow him, and he was with him for years. But man's heart is wicked. It's desperately wicked, and it's deceitful above all else. The Bible says, who could know it? This is why we need Jesus. We need a new heart. And praise God that he's given us all free will. He's given us all the ability to say yes to him. All we have to do is come humbly and repent and just say, Lord, I'm so sorry. I've made life about me and I want it to be all about you. Be honest with God. Say, God, I never want to be handed over to my own desires. I never want to be handed over to my sin. I want to follow you for the rest of my life. I want to be close to you, Lord. When you say things like this, it keeps your heart in a tender place. It keeps your heart in a place of never wanting to betray the Lord by following your own path. I think that's just powerful. So know today, God didn't create anyone to be destroyed. God didn't create you to be destroyed. God's not up there picking and choosing who gets saved, who doesn't, who goes to heaven, who goes to hell. That is a false doctrine. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever, whoever believes in him shall never die, but have eternal life. Anyone who believes in Jesus can have eternal life. Amen? Guys, thanks for listening. I hope this cleared up uh, maybe a muddy topic for some. If it helped you, please share it. Listen, post this on social media. Um, send it to some family and friends. Get this word out there so that we can 
walk as effective Christians. There are people who struggle with intimacy with God because they don't know if he is destroying them or blessing them. I want everyone to know that God is not out here trying to destroy us. God loves us. He wants us to follow his commands, and therefore we can receive his blessing. As we obey, we can be blessed. When we disobey, we leave the covering of his blessing, and it's not happy days. So if I can leave you with one thing, it is love the Lord your God with everything inside of you, and the way you do that is by obeying. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commands. So let's be people who desire to follow in the ways of God. And I believe we will live happier lives. They might not be easy lives, but I can tell you that you'll never be happier than when you are obeying your heavenly father. Amen. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.